Hello, 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 and welcome to Capital Musings, your NCDF podcast where we focus on fresh ideas that make finance work for the poor. I'm Eduardo Tancioni, your host, and you can find us on your preferred streaming service or on our dedicated website, podcast.uncdf.org. Today we're jumping right through it with a second episode of a mini-series called Deciphering Doha. We're going to go through the draft program of action for the least developed countries over the next decade. Today, I'm very, very excited to be walking through with you guys and talk a little bit more a critical asset for their development. That's right. That's how they call it, and that's how they define it. It's their people, it's the people of the LDCs and the people in LDCs, which is very important. So first main chapter is called Investing in People in LDCs. And we have a subtitle called Eradicating Poverty and Building Capacity to Leave No One Behind. So right through it, we can see a good and high highlights on the two main buckets of those people living in LDCs that require a lot of attention and required a lot of support to help LDCs move towards graduation. And what am I referring to? It's large youth and working age population that is estimated that between 2020 and 2030, the population of the LDCs will have an increase by 256 million, reaching it to 1.3 billion people by 2030. 1.3 billion people in the LDCs by 2030. So the program of action looks at and tries to define a little bit more what poverty entails, the main characteristics of uh, LDCs right now, and especially amid the COVID-19 pandemic, where you know nearly 30% of the population still remains in extreme poverty and will still remain in extreme poverty by 2030. So we have low income, higher mortality rates, food insecurity, limited access to education, healthcare, water, sanitation, hygiene services and social protection. Right now, you may be thinking, yeah, but there's another strain of society that Eduardo hasn't talked about yet and hasn't highlighted yet. Well, that's right. The program of action now has a dedicated highlight towards another strain of society that is really important, not only in LDCs, but also around, around the world, which is women and girls. And the recognition on behalf of the LDCs that some women face particular barriers to their empowerment. Uh, that entails having particular needs and priorities that require context-specific and appropriate responses. Then the program of action looks at the dignity of all people, the importance of it, and inclusion of all different streams of society in whatever response we may be envisaging and whatever you know, kind of support we may and priorities we may be uh, looking towards within the program of action. 
a little bit of a principled approach, having fundamental rights that are very much guiding the overall uh, kind of um, responses that we may be putting forward uh, and we may be envisaging through this program of action. And lastly, we talked about working population. We talked about women and girls. Now we also talk about vulnerable and marginalized groups. So really the program of action here in this investing in people looks at the importance not only of having a principled approach, but also making sure that all the different strains of society are fully engaged in the possible responses and what we're going to be targeting. Right now, the program of action really looks at, you know, setting targets as well as certain commitments that the international community as a whole will make when it comes to the LDCs, when it comes to people in this case. And the first macro area that we're going to be looking at is social protection systems. So making sure that there's a universal social protection systems in place and the support in order to achieve them over the next decade. The targets look at increasing coverage, ending hunger and malnutrition, providing general food distribution, as well as emergency assistance where in need. So really looking at something that we've uh, seen with, as part of the COVID-19 response, looking at the importance of social protection, importance of having social safety nets that are nationally led, that are well designed to cover all those different strains of society that we've talked about. So in, order, in terms of commitments, the LDCs, international community at large, commits to reinforcing policies and programs, extending social protection for all, having and putting in place shock responses social protection. Here, the COVID-19 experience is really evident. It's really rampant on the narrative itself of this section. And uh, lastly, really looking at not only defining those nationally led as well as national systems that work on social protection, more, most importantly, looking at financing solutions that could work for these social protection systems. So there's looking at combining domestic public resources and putting in place measures to boost it up, but also looking at a, an international assistance that works towards achieving that more sustainably. So a mixture of overseas development assistance or ODA, domestic resources, trade and private sector financing, as well as tax and public transfer reforms. Very important, multifaceted look at how financing works for development. It's not funding anymore, and that's something that we also talked about before on this podcast, but it's financing right now. And uh, in terms of sustainability, looking at how public sector can become more and more efficient to respond to those needs. So we have, and how do we do that? In order to, to do so, like thinking about capacity development measures, but most importantly, establishing nationally led systems. And what does that entail? It entails national social registry systems, enhancing and digitizing cash transfers and payments of entitlements, as well as increasing the transparency and access to information. 
This is crucial when it comes to social protection and more largely social assistance schemes. Looking at the social registry systems and looking at who's most vulnerable, like making sure that you target the right people at the right time for your support. Digitizing cash transfers, so making sure that there's uh, the people that we serve are empowered to make their own decisions and are entitled to make their own decision in terms of how, how to support their own households by investing and by supporting and by uh, purchasing food as well as other basic needs. And most importantly, the transparency and access to information in order to do so sustainably at the right time, at the right pace for everyone and for all. Then lastly, they close up the social protection system section, looking at uh, a need for a more comprehensive look at how we could collectively deal with severe food insecurity. And uh, there's a request to the Secretary General to explore the feasibility, effectiveness, and administrative modalities of a system of stockholding for the LDCs. Moving on, we have another, another marvelous element that is really at the core of people and investing in people. What am I referring to? I'm referring to quality education, skills, and lifelong learning. So the program of action really looks at COVID-19 pandemic and its impact on schooling as, and I'm quoting, a generational catastrophe. With school closures brought by the pandemic that had devastating consequences for children's learning and well-being. There's also a very thorough analysis of uh, the particular implications of not only COVID-19, but rather the fiscal pressure that comes into play when uh, looking at education and schools, opening schools, and um, uh, how that is a key element for the structural transformation agenda that is embedded within you know, the LDC path towards graduation. There's a look at the gender dis disparities and the disparities for the poorest and the most vulnerable that really persist at the secondary tertiary levels. So the lack of economic opportunities, the lack of access to digital technologies, as well how all those different facets that characterize education in LDCs specifically, that really have, make it even more difficult to successfully transition and really aggravate vulnerable groups, be it youth, women and girls, with pre-existing vulnerabilities that are embedded in those contexts. So there's a look at almost all learners during the COVID-19 pandemic facing full school closures and the implications of that. And then looking at what that entails. And it entails depriving them from childcare, depriving them from school meals, depriving them of vital school health services. Noted that in particular, the crisis poses a series of mental health challenges to young people, and it may have aggravated the state of youth with pre-existing mental health conditions. So the looking at the implications of that around child labor, child and early and forced marriage, and so on and so forth. So what is the way forward that a program of action looks at right now for education? There's a different set of targets. There's eight targets that look at achieving universal access to quality and inclusive education at all levels. 
expanding the number of scholarships, substantially increase access to internet, electricity, school meals that support healthy diets, water and vital school health services, adequate hygiene and sanitation facilities. And largely looking at a sustainable school to work transition for all young people in LDCs. Now, let's look at commitments. The commitments that International Community Alliance makes when it comes to education. There's, again, even here, we have financing to strengthen national systems, increasing enrollment, looking at school feeding, looking at health services, looking at gender equality, looking at a women's empowerment through access to vocational and technical education for people in vulnerable situations, improving access to the internet, electricity, wash in all schools. Digitalization here is so rampant and looking at feasibly studying what online education entails for LDCs, the importance of having the right and an inclusive distance learning technology. This year is a very important year for education. Now, the, among the commitments, there's the recognition of the importance of ongoing initiatives uh, by a sister UN entity uh, such as UNESCO, and two particular initiatives in there, which are ESD and GCAD, the Education for Sustainable Development, ESD, and a Global Citizenship Education, GCED which tries to empower learners of all ages to become active promoters of more peaceful, tolerant, inclusive, secure, and sustainable societies, also to address interconnected global challenges that we're all facing, including climate change, environmental degradation, loss of biodiversity, poverty, and inequality. There's, um, you know, looking at Southern perspectives, so the South-South academia, for example, and the undertaking a feasibility study on uh, looking at a online university, what that would entail to boost up, you know, participation and boost up STEM education in particular in LDCs and beyond. Moving on to the next section, we have a dedicated one on women, and girls to address inequality and achieve gender equality and drive economic growth. So the program of action looks at the different barriers that are particular to women and girls, and the fact that the women were disproportionately affected by the COVID-19 pandemic, and what that actually means in terms of lost jobs, in terms of loss of income, in terms of loss of livelihoods, while still, continue to bear the disproportionate brunt of unpaid care and domestic work. So the targets eight here as well, we have achieving full and equal meaningful participation and equal opportunities for leadership at all levels, supporting women's equal opportunities in education, training, business, entrepreneurship, and decent jobs, eliminating all forms of violence against women, ensuring universal access to sexual and productive health, ensuring inclusive and equitable quality education, supporting a transition to formal work in all sectors and achieving full and equal participation, not only in a day-to-day -day work, but also online and ensuring equitable access to social protection. So what are the commitments here? The commitments are 
establishing policies and programs to look at that, to look at the multifaceted barriers that women face and how they're disproportionately affected by shocks and in terms of you know, economic empowerment and more. The commitments are to uh, making sure that you know, they have full, equal, meaningful and effective participation and equal opportunities for leadership at all levels, eliminating all forms of violence against women and girls, establishing inclusive and gender responsive support programs to prevent and respond to sexual violence, and lastly, providing access to family planning to all women in LDCs and ensuring universal access to sexual and reproductive health and reproductive rights. As agreed in the Programme of Action of International Conference on Population and Development, the Beijing Platform for Action ended up on documents for their review conferences. Very, very important. Moving on, we are looking at population health. The Programme of Action notes that the LDCs have the fastest growing population, so that are globally rising at an annual rate of 2.3%. And they are projected to double between 2019 and 2050. It goes without saying that with all these increasing uh, numbers of population, appropriate policy measures must be put in place. Then the Programme of Action, again, looks at the major challenges that the LDCs face and what that actually entails. So looking at lack of adequate healthcare facilities and a weakness across related systems, in particular food systems, the mortality rates on newborn child and maternal remains unacceptably high in LDCs with a prevailing high rates of undernutrition that continues to be in 2022, a major cause of disease, lifelong losses in productivity and income. So really looking at how the implications on all the other sectors and what are the targets? Well, achieving universal health coverage as well, including financial risk protection and access to quality and essential care, healthcare services and nutrition. The need to reduce maternal deaths and eliminating preventable maternal infant and child deaths. And lastly, ensure birth registration to all newborns in LDCs and provide a national legal identity to them. What's the commitments? The commitment is to provide financial technical support and investment in promoting empowering education and training, committed to provide the same kind of support in strengthening national health systems and making sure that they have access to modern health infrastructure and systems. Strengthening of food systems in LDCs and including a holistic, all hazard and one health approaches so that they deliver better outcomes for people's health and nutrition. And there's also a reaffirmation on the decision of the council for TRIPS on extension of the transition period under Article 66.1 of the TRIPS agreement. This is on pharmaceuticals the commitment to providing incentives to enterprises and institutions in the Tennessee territories for the purpose of promoting and encouraging technology transfer to LDCs and producing life-saving medicines, including the vaccines for COVID-19. Very, very important. 
And lastly, the commitment to providing necessary help, birth registration for all newborns and LBCs and the provision of national legal identity to them. Moving on, we have another segment of society, very important, the rising star of the LDCs. What am I talking about? I'm talking about youth, exactly. And um, looking at different elements that characterize youth in LDCs, 66.9% of the population in LDCs was below 30 years old. By 2030, one in five of the youth in the world will be born in LDCs, so it's increasingly important. What are the targets? We have achieving literacy and numeracy, lifelong digital learning opportunities for skills development, youth participation and inclusion in decision-making processes, access to safe and healthy working conditions, decent work opportunities, knowledge and skills for all youth, in the LDCs. And lastly, promoting entrepreneurial training to youth through financial and technical assistance. So really looking at building up them skills to make sure that they can serve their people successfully over the next decade and beyond. So in terms of commitment, we have the strengthening of youth participation mechanisms, very important to facilitate that youth meaningful engagement not only allowing them to engage, but making sure that they, their engagement is meaningful and makes sense, that really is heard and taken into consideration. The increase in their involvement in National Sustainable Development Coordination Councils, etc., and making sure that there's an adoption of an inclusive results-based employment-generating approach to development planning and implementation in accordance with national priorities. Then the commitment around boosting up entrepreneurship skills, opportunities for employment, decent work, especially young women and men in the LDCs. And the commitment to strengthening national legislative frameworks in accordance with international labor standards. Moving on, we have water sanitation and hygiene, and then urbanization and shelter. When it comes to water sanitation and hygiene, wash, there's, the target is to achieve universal equitable access to safe and affordable drinking water and the affirmation of importance of regional and international cooperation for safe drinking water and sanitation, given the interdependence and interconnectedness that water security has and is made up of primarily, especially in those emerging economies like the LDCs, and making sure that there's a proper investment on the infrastructure and the, the importance of having integrated water resources management interventions and wastewater treatment solutions. When it comes to urbanization and shelter, making sure that adequate, safe and affordable housing and basic services is there for all, as well as sustainable transport system for all is there, including road safety, notably by expanding public transport. So uh, the commitments here, again, is to provide financial and technical support in order to strengthen government housing agencies, including at the local level, and improving access to land as per national legislation. Very important and very peculiar here, we have housing that needs to be, when thought of, needs to be sustainable, culturally sensitive, and resilient. 
utilizing local materials and increasing affordable housing, leveraging public and private partnerships and sharing good practices on LDC. So we have financing for development, we have a certain perspective that needs to be there and importance of self-serving exchanges among LDCs, between LDCs and beyond. Moving on, we have migration and mobility, so enhancing positive contribution of migrants for inclusive groups and sustainable development, investment in their skills development, and a commitment to providing inclusive access to basic services, particularly for migrants and refugee children and youth. So th that's why what we said before, investing in people of LDCs, living in LDCs, from LDCs. So very important to look at that as well. And making sure that there's appropriate steps taken to ensure their full equal and meaningful participation, migrants in the development of local solutions and opportunities. And the importance of public perceptions uh, of migrants and migration and address the, spe the special situation of vulnerability of migrant women and girls, particularly those employed in the formal economy and less skilled work. And here, a recognition of inviting the international community to cooperate and mobilize resources and expertise, as well as direct aid to host countries, refugee populations, and countries of origin of refugees, including LDCs. This, is, this invitation is looked into enhancing the capacity of reducing the heavy burden borne by countries and communities hosting refugees and displaced persons in accordance with the principles of the Charter of the United Nations. And again, principled approach, respecting the humanitarian principles of humanity, independent neutrality and partiality for humanitarian action. Very, very important. And here, once again, Southern perspective and how South-South mobility is and must be perceived as a key enabler for vibrant and dynamic cultural and creative industry that are the core of the response. Moving on, we have good and effective governance at all levels, making sure that uh, the rule of law is applied, continuous support for strengthening effective voice and participation in internet of LDCs in relevant international fora, set up the fight against corruption, efficiency in institutions of public administration, and the strengthening of justice institutions and the rule of law. The commitment is there from the international community to strengthening the good governance, to supporting LDCs of establishing e-government services, digital, and fully seizing the opportunities that digitalization or digitization bring about, as well as making sure that LDCs are well represented in the decision-making and governance structures of international organizations as appropriate. This entails also the promotion of policy coherence, coordination of international financial trade and development institutions, processes and mechanisms, taking into account the diversified and special development needs and challenges of the LDCs. Last section, but not least of importance, when investing in people, thinking about the building and sustaining peace for sustainable development. 24 out of 46 LDCs had active conflict in 2019. The 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development emphasizes the link between peace, security, stability, and sustainable development. So without peace, there's no development. With, without 
development, there's no peace. Making sure that we recognize the positive role that sustainable development can play in mitigating the drivers of conflict, disaster risk, humanitarian crisis and complex emergencies. And I cannot stress it enough, the importance of recognizing that a comprehensive whole of system response. So between humanitarian development and peace actors, including the promotion of respect for cultural diversity contributes and is pivotal in preventing violent extremism and when conducive to terrorism. The significance of culture in the lives of the community makes its continuity essential for recovery and resilience in the wake of disasters. What are the targets? Building durable peace and ensuring stability, security, and sustainable, inclusive, resilient development in LDCs, fostering peaceful, just, and inclusive societies per SDG 16, strengthening dialogue and cooperation to prevent conflicts and ensure peaceful solutions to existing conflicts and promoting the increased representation of women and youth at all decision-making levels in national, regional, international institutions. Noting that women's participation in peace negotiations is likely to increase the durability and quality of peace and the mainstreaming women's meaningful participation and leadership in conflict prevention, resolution and peace building is essential. So what are the commitments? Redoubling our efforts to resolve and prevent conflict. Strengthening support of LDCs affected by fragility and addressing root causes of such fragility and committing to building peaceful, just, inclusive societies where, like, you know, based upon good governance, effective rule of law, as well as ensuring women's participation. And quite importantly, looking at increasing the predictability of aid and making more effective use of global and country level funds for peace building and state building. So really the durability, the predictability of funding that is so important in order to allow for actors that are on the ground to respond swiftly and on time to sudden hazards that may occur in this fragile context. So looking at contributing to sustainable development, productive investment, and therefore contributing to building and consolidating peace for all. So this was a very detailed chapter, so to speak, yet very, very important and looking at the core elements that characterize LDCs. So when thinking about people, we need to think about all these different facets and uh, different opportunities that make people you know, safe and become agents of change for the LDCs during this pivotal time as we look forward towards the next 10 years. I hope you liked the quite detailed episode. And um, if you did, please leave it a thumbs up, give it a rating and um, share it with your peers on social media and tag us, tag UNCDF at UNCDF, as well as tag me if you want at Etanfioni, or just use our hashtag Capital Music. Again, it's a pleasure 
to really go through and spend some time to, to really discern what the program of action entails and what it is and really reading between the lines and so to speak i use that yeah i know <laughs> what that means and yeah looking forward to the next episode of this mini series the Sartre in doha looking at the draft program of action for the fifth un conference for the ldc thanks again hope you have a wonderful week thank you for joining us today and thanks to our audience for joining us on the ncdf podcast capital musings once again you can find us on apple spotify and our dedicated website podcast.uncdf.org. If you found this episode useful, please spread the word on Twitter with the hashtag Capital Musings or leave us a review. Reviews help us and new listeners discover our podcast. So if you enjoyed listening, please leave a review. Thanks and until next time.